episode number 192 i'm your host aditya this time from delhi and along with me i have abhishek from mumbai hello everyone and it's only fitting that we decided to send our roving reporter aditya to delhi because we are going to be talking about elections this time of course he is on paid expenses of some other party altogether about whom we will not talk about but <laughs> <laughs> but yes he is in delhi aditya you bataiye aap halchal kaisi hai delhi mein दिल्ली काफी शांत नगरी है इस समय क्योंकि यहाँ के इलेक्शंस हो चुके हैं सो नाउ लोकसभा इलेक्शंस आर अबाउट टू हैपन आर हैपनिंग आर हैपनिंग राइट नाउ दिस इज द हाईएस्ट नंबर ऑफ फेजेस दे से ऑल नाइन ऑफ देम इट स्टार्टेड ऑन अप्रैल सेवेंथ विद द स्टेट्स इन नॉर्थ ईस्ट गोइंग इन वोटिंग एंड Ending on May 12th, the biggest act in democracy when it comes to elections. 814 million people, and 23 million of them are between 18 to 19 years old. And do you know this time you also have mark for transgender. You can huh. vote as others, and it was a category that did not exist in 2009. There are some 28,300 odd voters who have listed their gender as others. and uh, just two days ago the supreme court ruled that transgenders will now have the option of identifying themselves as a th- as a third gender i know we are veering away from elections for a bit but they have been given the status of backward classes which was predominantly only based on religion caste rather that's pretty big actually isn't it they already had a social standing but not a legal standing as such but this sort of puts them in there there are 2 to 3 million people did you, I, i had no idea we had so many of them in india that's the population of estonia and hospitals refuse to admit them you know how they are treated on the on the streets and yeah. schools these kids who face an identity crisis are bullied so they were celebrating they showed this on bbc and a couple of news channels how it was a big day for them oh yes and a few other people are also creating records talking about records sham saran negi will be the only person who has voted in all 16 lok sabha elections till date right how old is he he is 97 years old he was 34 year old school teacher back in 1951 when he voted that is october 25th 1951 when he voted for the first time and will now be doing the same thing after 63 years i do not remember when was the last time that a general elections generated so much interest i think this time is a bit different because everybody wants a change don't they oh everybody i think it is anti incumbency wave is sweeping india yeah babe we used a big word there didn't we if you've seen the ads of bjp it's not more about bjp or the nda but about modi modi sarkar Yeah. And in fact, in one of the ads, a friend tells me that Modi himself appears on, on TV. I haven't seen the ad, and also in radio, you hear Modi's voiceover in the end about why you should be voting for him. I haven't seen a prime minister go on air to ask for votes in an advertisement, which I felt was a little desperate. But I think they are doing everything there is that they can do to just stamp themselves over Congress this time. I. No, absolutely. I've seen those ads, and that is one thing that Congress is actually talking about: is the amount of media spend that BJP has had centered around one person, which is Modi. And even Rajnath Singh, the president of BJP, he committed sort of a, a faux pas when he first tweeted out "Abki Bar BJP ki Sarkar," and immediately after 
30 minutes he recanted the tweet and sent out another one saying ab ki baar modi sarkar people just say ab ki baar modi sarkar because <laughs> it has just been hammered so yeah. much in on... the name of integrated marketing communication so he must have give, been given a rap saying hey on tv we are talking about modi sarkar please stick to the same thing on social media too yes, you cannot be changing your positioning here and there and talking about candidates right there is this one candidate named k padmarajan who will be contesting against modi this time in vadodara so modi is contesting from two places in vadodara and in varanasi he is a tire dealer and he holds the record of most unsuccessful candidate as in he's contested so he's, often and he's lost i mean he's all, all. He, oh okay he is not just lost but he is also lost every time he has contested he has lost his deposit also and that would mean why would that happen because he couldn't get a certain number of votes so you ah. need to get a certain number of votes to get your deposit back which i think is 25000 rupees now and what a time to go against someone like modi <laughs> you got to give it to him right this guy has contested earlier against kr narayanan apj abdul kalam pranam mukherjee atal bihari vajpayee narsimha rao all the big guys so he seeks them out actually uh, david hoping to get lucky against <laughs> yeah, i so far as in worked out for him but one person who fascinates me no end is mr lk adwani he's 86 and he will never become the prime minister and he's still contesting he's not just contesting but he gets angry and all uh, <laughs> and then you know all the party guys have to run to him to pacify him to calm him down and then he he agrees basically because he was I, Varanasi was his seat and Modi. BJP chose Modi for it I was just telling my friend yesterday Akhilesh was here I was telling him that if at 86 if I can write a paragraph I and know. be happy about it I would have been I said ah oh, I led a life <laughs> I know I, this absolutely person is actually contesting he's got to do campaigning at 86 talk scream at the top of his voice and what would be the motivation because that is it that is what he's been doing all his life and he won't be going any further he keeps doing it that says a lot about him but also about the indian politics because look at pranam mukherjee look at all these other people right and murli manohar joshi all these guys are just so old they are all in their 70s 80s and they still want to keep going it must just be the high that power gives them I don't know what it is. That consumes them so much that we don't get to see any of it in terms of good deeds for <laughs> the welfare. I think. I know they are all exhausted. <laughs> yes. And don't bother me for the next four years. <laughs> exactly. But what about the two books that have come about uh, talking ill about the Congress and how Manmohan Singh was as a puppet? So this time the books are by very close insiders. Sanjay Baru is one. He was a advice, media advisor to the PMO. Worked pretty closely with Manmohan Singh, I think. and then we have the principal secretary of the coal ministry who has come out with another book but if you take a look at the book right varu's book and the excerpts that i have read you know i have read about 25 odd pages in the book with the controversial part of it the sense that you get after reading the book is that he is not being critical of manmohan singh he is actually being critical of you know how his hands got tied up over a period of time and the man just lost motivation to keep going in upa2 because you talk about how he did not want the principal secretary that he got as you said earlier it was very clear that political center was going to be handled by sonia gandhi and the administration was going to be done by manmohan singh which was thought to be this great idea and it works so that he can focus on doing handling managing the government and not get into other muck but somehow that didn't work out The book also talks about how 
Pranam Mukherjee, how all these other, you know, ministers would go on foreign trips or have important meetings, but would never brief or report back to the prime minister for several days. And the prime minister wouldn't seek them out and they would come and tell them whenever they would come and tell them. Hey, by the way, I was in Mauritius the other day. I met yeah, the president I just, there. Yeah. You know, I mean, but people. the Congress members have lashed out at Sanjay Baru, whose book uh, we are talking about, the accidental prime minister. And they said that he was a disgruntled employee and they said it's a fictional account of the Congress party. <laughs> but it matches with the existing persona that... Manmohan Singh had, right? And do you think with whatever has happened with the Congress in the last few months and years now, given that there have been government officials who have taken bribes up to $12 billion in the two terms, wow. you've got these two books coming in, you've got the Modi wave that has come about, you've got Rahul Gandhi who made a, a little bit of a fool of himself when he went on national TV with that interview. So Congress will be the underdog in the forthcoming elections. And for all the people who do not want to see Modi come into power because of his communal background, one argument could be that there has not been a single party which has had a clean sheet from the beginning. And if Modi doesn't ruin it for himself by doing something silly in the next few years, then we will have a pretty decent democracy in that we will have a strong opposition. Rahul Gandhi would hopefully have matured or we might have a Priyanka Gandhi. Is it not good for democracy that Modi comes to helm if you consider that political parties need not be clean all the time? The only fear that I have mm-hmm. is that the same question came up when, you know, Aam Admi got elected, right? And we all know how it all ended up, how Kejriwal messed it up. Why would you say he messed it up, man? Would you by any term say that he had a good time as a chief minister? He was a chief protester more than minister, right? If you draw parallels, they both have the same opportunity, don't they? So he seems to be the right guy. He has this communal thing, but then we are also in a place where the last 10 years, the government has taken us back by 20. The flip side of this is, especially the Western media are not very happy or do not want to side with Modi for his lack of remorse for what happened in 2002. He doesn't seem to be sorry that he was the chief minister then and he let things go out of control. You know that famous line that he said that he compared all the massacre to that of a a puppy being run over by a car. Wouldn't you feel bad if that happens? He doesn't want to, well, own up will probably be politically suicidal for him, owning up the responsibility, but he doesn't seem to have any uh, sense of regret that it happened at all. It's like a CEO will retire if something wrong terribly wrong goes with his company. He's not taking uh, moral company. responsibility. He, thank you. You just summarized the whole thing. <laughs> that, is the, that is exactly what I was looking for. The moral responsibility is lacking. Let me ask you this thing, right? There have been so many other riots that have happened. I think the toll counts up to 1600 in the last 10 years in communal riots. And I'm going to sound like a Modi champion right now. But, you know, nobody has taken responsibilities for that. Nobody talks about Assam, what happened in Assam. Tell me how many times did uh, Sonia Gandhi or anyone from Congress come out and take moral responsibility for all the scams that happened? 1,70,000 crore or something, that was the figure for one of the scams. I mean, this may sound ridiculous, but after a point, what was more damaging to the country? Another way of putting it would be that there hasn't been a riot of that scale or any other scale in Gujarat after that. And it was his first tenure also. Well, there is no doubt that he did do what he did, as in he was called a mass murderer by Veer Sangvi. There have been accounts in Tehelka where he garlanded the, the rioters. The point is, he did all of that and there is documented evidence, but the Supreme Court has acquitted him. And in India, we do, as law-abiding citizens, you're innocent until proven guilty. He puts that argument out. And other things remaining the same, like we always talk in economics, like you said, 
Congress being corrupt or all other parties having such a background, why not give a new guy a chance who will be hungrier than the previous government, who will hopefully not be a puppet or he'll run the show. In his case, he will because Forbes India did a cover story long back when Modi was pulling in all those investments for Gujarat from overseas and the inner circle told the editor of Forbes India that this guy is pretty much a dictator when it comes to taking hard calls. Absolutely. So one good thing is that decisions are taken swiftly. Of course, that will not happen with a coalition government at the national stage, but hopefully a few decisions which might have taken many months would at least be, you will have a yes and no answer sooner this time. You know, we talk about coalition dharma and all those things, which Manmohan Singh popularized that word. Mm-hmm. However, even NDA was under coalition dharma and right. they managed to do a few things, right? You're talking about before Congress. Ah, before Congress, Atal Bihari Vajpayee. Yeah. It also comes down to how the administrative body works, right? How empowered they are. The same book that we spoke about earlier also talks a great deal about how Brajesh Mishra, the principal secretary during Atal Bihari's tenure, was the prime minister, basically. Atal Bihari Vajpayee actually gave him the freedom, gave the administrators the freedom to do what was right. And he had the right people to do it for him. Yeah. So the joke in the PMO this time was that Brajesh Mishra actually acted like the PM and in case of Manmohan Singh, he didn't even act like the principal secretary. <laughs> right. He would not sleep well at night, do you think? Manmohan Singh, for all the brilliance that the man has, and we all know about it. Handpicked, well, boss. Uh, he was handpicked by Nasimara. 1991, nobody knew about him until he was made the finance minister and then he... Turned it all uh, around, 92. And it was over a cup of tea. There is a book written by Gurcharan Das. He says that there was Chidambaram, Dr. Manmohan Singh and P.V. Narsimha Rao. They were having tea at the Prime Minister's office and they were discussing which sectors to open up for foreign competition. And they started listing down these things. And then I think one of the three of them said, why not just go the whole hog and open everything up except key sectors like defense? And it was actually done over a cup of tea. <laughs> they said, let's just open it up and let's see how it happens. And then they, Chidambaram, who was this fiery right out of Harvard Business School, he wrote the speech for Manmohan Singh. And the speech said that how we will be bringing in capitalism in this country and how it will be great for the country. And when Narsimara, the prime minister, read it, he said, this is not going to work. Please reword it and put it as if to say that this is what Nehru always wanted. This wow. is what, they just spun it around and they said that, look, this is going to get us to the next stage in the world economy and Nehru would have been proud. And then that's how it all happened. And Manmohan Singh fame when we were in school, 92, when we had, what, $1 billion of uh, net worth to take us to the next week, foreign reserves. 18 days ka reserves baki. Yes, for a country as big as India. That was who Manmohan Singh was. And to have been brought down, he would not sleep well at night. But that's the sad part. He would look at it as, I'm, I don't know, I'm putting words. He would look at it as a missed opportunity, right, probably. That he could have done so much more, but just couldn't. He just couldn't do it. I hope he puts his leg up and retires and not... Yes, he's going to be retiring in the erstwhile bungalow that was occupied by Sheila Dixit right in Delhi itself. So he's going to be around. So I'll be I'll be flying back today from Delhi, going to the poll booth and right. getting it done. Getting it done, exactly. There is also an option to vote none of the above. Right, and that's a first, isn't it? That's a first. Yeah. And also, by the way, did you know that India pioneered the electronic voting machine even until until today in the US, you have ballots, physical ballots. And we are also now proposing that once you press the button, there might be a printout. That's the next step. There will be a printout of that vote, which will automatically fall in the ballot so that there is no argument as to whether you press 
button A and the light starts blinking for a candidate next to a symbol B, which yes. happened in one constituency somewhere uh -huh. where Aam Aadmi Party said that, boss, people are voting for us, but the light next to Congress uh, uh, is is being lit. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it's, it's a big deal, isn't it? But I, I didn't Why? know this until recently. And the last general elections, 2004, we've had electronic voting machines and we've been experimenting with them since the 1980s. That says a lot about the election commission. One of the reasons that we have chosen to adopt is, is because we have a good reason, right? Because of the enormity of the exercise itself. For US, I think, how many voters are there? There are about 200 million, 200 million people. People, right. right? So out of so that, yeah. I think most of them will be voters since they have an adult population now. And look at the numbers that we have, right? Okay. There is no way that we could have kept up with the same paper-based voting. Absolutely. We, we added uh, the population of Philippines to the voting list in the last five years is what I read somewhere. That's why the pat on the back goes to the election commission, man, who keep doing this year after year. I think TN Session... TN Session was a sexy guy. He, yeah, TN Session was the guy who actually made a name for election commission also while he did for himself. Yes, and this time it's Mr. V.S. Sampath who is at the helm. And one of the reasons why some say that we have a very successful election in, in spite of having, you know, so many uh, nine phases and so many days. For instance, in Afghanistan, it took just single day. North Korea took uh, one day. Indonesia, one day. <laughs> but in India, North, yeah, North Korea. Korea, never mind, North Korea. It, it shouldn't ha they shouldn't even have bother having elections. <laughs> but still... India, the, in projects where you have great prestige attached to it and when you, bureaucrats are put under intense public scrutiny, we tend to do well. See, whether it's polio eradication, whether it's yeah. Mars space launch or the whole election thing, it's, it's a big deal, right? Where the whole world is watching you. It's a national prestige thing. So our bureaucrats swing into action like uh, <laughs> nobody's business. And, and it helps that it's an independent body, not controlled by the government. So as long as the government doesn't meddle with our people, these mini projects do well. Even that supercomputer, Param, I think we did it at 3% of what the Americans quoted back in the days. Yeah, the when we, yep. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this time, even though we are doing it on a shoestring budget, the election commission is going to be spending rupees 35 billion, which excludes expenses for security and individual political parties. So political, each candidate also has a spend limit attached by the election commission, EC. So they, a candidate can only spend up to 70 lakh rupees in one constituency, per constituency. Is that enough, you think? That doesn't seem to be enough. You know, the, I was reading this one article which says that the major expenditure is booth management itself. And it, by simple mathematics, it says that you need around 4 crores to contest an election. Of course, it also depends on the guy you are contesting against, the person you are contesting against. Right. If he's a formidable member, you need to pull in a little bit more, I guess. Or it's not about being formidable, right? It's about whether the other person is spending money or not. The other person is feeding people chicken biryani every other day. Then this guy also has to provide something, right? Something similar. Otherwise, there is no way you can stand a chance. In the last elections, in Chikbalpur constituency, Congress workers held a rally, right? We have rent a crowd services available. <laughs> when they came in, they had to provide them lunch. And the same people were later on seen getting into a community hall where there was a naming ceremony happening. A baby <laughs> naming ceremony happening right. for a child called Kushala. There was no infant or there was no parent out there. So that is how that is how they make up. They organize these fake things. When are the results? Uh, May. May 16th is a big day. And that's when it's going to happen. The term of this government ends on 
29th May. And for all practical purposes, it's already ended. Everybody is out campaigning right now. I think this must be the best time for the administrators. Meaning? They actually get to do what they want. Right, right, exactly. Good times, interesting times ahead for everybody. Common man, bureaucrats, politicians. Never was India such an exciting place politically. I mean, non-cricket fans also like to watch Tendulkar bat. Similarly, well, non-politically inclined people want to see, want to know, kya hone wala is bat? And it's not all serious during elections. There have been a few funny things as well. Uh, by the way, before we move on, did you know that Winston Churchill was completely opposed to giving us freedom? What he mentioned was that and I'm quoting here is that power will go to rascals, rogues and freebooters. All leaders will be of low caliber and men of straw and they will have sweet tongues and silly heart. <laughs> but my friend, it's interesting that you say it because when Lord Mountbatten, he announced that and he announced out of thin air that they chose 15th August as the date of independence and he did that only in June if my memory serves me right. And the Indian politicians actually went to him and said, please stick around for a little longer. We have never administered a country. We know how to stage protests, but we don't know how to run a show. So Absolutely. please teach us. So just to just to finish that thought, I think Winston Churchill was a little too... Uh, he was always drunk. Uh, well, <laughs> he was always <laughs> drunk. He was a little too harsh, as in any transition takes time. Of course it does. But 60 uh, years was. Yeah. And it only seems to be getting worse now. But then the date chosen by Mountbatten was also sort of, you know, they had to choose. They didn't have money to sustain the administration in India, right? Because of the World War II things. So uh, talking about the candidates, interesting candidates, right? Bhaichung Bhutia is contesting this time on a Trinamool Congress ticket. That is Mamta party in Darjeeling. Nandan Nilekani. Nandan Neelakani, of course, is there, who, by the way, has quit uh, the Aadhaar card. So, nobody knows what's going to happen to Aadhaar card. Anita Pratap is, you might better know her as the first journalist to score an interview with the former LTTE chief, V. Prabhakaran, back in Time magazine in 1983. And then also the first reporter, television journalist to report from Siachen Glacier. Um, there is Gul Panag, isn't there? Yeah, oh, there is Gul Panag, yeah, yeah, yeah. There is Gul Panag, Kiran Kher. And all those guys in Chandigarh. Who else? Oh, Rakhi Sawant. What are you talking about? What did she do? Yeah, Rakhi Sawant is also contesting. What do you, haven't you heard about this? Please tell me more. <laughs> Her symbol is Green Mirchi. <laughs> ah, that's very apt. Very apt. And she's contesting from, I think, North Mumbai or something. Yeah, let me pick that up. I don't know where that... I'm just wondering, just for fun, if people vote for her and let's... And said, we were just kidding. And, just then, kidding. and then in the end, she might just win. And she would go out and say, I was just kidding. Are you guys serious? I have to go to Delhi every day. So, yeah, she's contesting from Mumbai. Isn't she the person who once said, when Aishwarya Rai back in 2005 did that item number for Bunty and Bubbly. Kajrari, Kajrari. Kajrari, right. So, she said, Ye kya baat hui? Hamare pe laat rahe hai, ye actors. Isn't she the one who said that? She's contesting. Amazing, man. She's contesting. Nagma is contesting from Congress in Meerut. Her slogan is, Meerut mein Nagma, BJP ko sadma. Another interesting one is that there is this one guy called Dashrat Devda. He's standing, he's contesting from uh, Ahmedabad East. And the single agenda in his manifesto, apparently you have to tell the EC why you are contesting. Of course. (laughs) His single agenda in his manifesto is to protect husbands from domestic harassment. Brilliant. Yeah. Taki Savan's party is called Rashtriya Aam Party, by the way. Another candidate from BJP, his name is H. Raja. However, 
BJP had to go into a branding effort because he was often being confused for A Raja. <laughs> That's why the marketing machine at BJP, I created a new identity called Raja Ji. But in public psyche, see, Kupalachari is Raja Ji. And that's why they created another identity. And now he has ended up being known as Lotus Raja. <laughs> oh, I like it, man. That's a, yeah, that's, that's, a PR that's, coup. That's a good one. Absolutely. The Malayalam superstar Mohanlal, he found himself in a bit of a problem because he was campaigning for a left candidate, basically. UPA government actually wrapped military disciplinary charges against him for campaigning for an opposition party because he was an honorary rank holder of a lieutenant colonel in territorial army. So they actually booked him under military indiscipline. So it's not all very serious. And Jai Lakshita, <laughs> by the way, travels only by maroon helicopters because she has been asked to wear dark clothes, etc. So she always flies in a maroon helicopter. She asked all her 40 candidates from AIADMK in Tamil Nadu and Puducherry to put in their nominations between 1.40pm and 3pm on 1st of April. Modi's values are first assessed by astrologers and Vastu experts before he comes in, before the site event managers come in. Another important trivia, Ram Sevak Dhobi, he's 92 years of age, former Congress MLA from Jagdishpur. He's in every photo frame, every time a member of Gandhi family files nomination papers. He's considered to be their lucky mascot. Oh, it's like the Sardarji's on Manchester United bench <laughs> somewhere close by in every match at Old Trafford. Where, where are you getting all this information from, my friend? Uh, <laughs> Workload a bit tighter than <laughs> Speaking about time, I have 10 minutes before I rush into the shower and head to work. So what else do we have? Let's talk about polio eradication from India. March 27th, India has been declared by the World Health Organization as being polio-free country. It has been certified as being polio-free country. And you send me this email saying, hey, what do you mean? You know, we spoke about uh, six months back that polio is not there. What does right. this? So what this means is that for a country to be certified as a polio-free country, there have to be no cases being reported for three consecutive years. So it has been more than three years since the last case of polio was reported and hence we are polio-free now. A lot of work done by Rotary International, a lot of work, of course, supported by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And surprisingly, it didn't cost that much. You know, one billion plus was given by Bill and Melinda Gates. World Bank gave 500 million to a billion Canada, Germany, Japan, they gave 250 to 500 million, 100 million to 250 million by European Commission. Australia gave 50 million, 25 million by Denmark, France, Italy, Russia. Compare these to the scams that have happened in India, it's not a lot. What it says, it doesn't take a lot of money. Intent. Yeah, it's the intent, right? And to execute, I mean... Think about it. Nothing could be automated in this. It's not like you can have robots in an assembly factory somewhere cranking out some device. To actually go to the BB's house to put in those two drops, mark the BB. Or have these camps in every localities. We had them in my colony. You must have had them. Yours. You had Amitabh Bachchan come on the screen and talk about why important it is to take your shishu. Shishu ki dekhbhal ki liye. That dialogue that he had. And by 1984, we had already covered 40% of all 
this vaccination program was started back in 1978 we've been at it for such a long time and i don't think we will now see those ads anymore and we have we've grown up to them i think every year they they were hammered into our brains on doordarshan if you remember and then yeah. on satellite tv that get this done because it's important absolutely and there were uh, 10 other asian countries also that were declared as uh, being polio free along with india and these countries include bangladesh bhutan burma south korea indonesia maldives nepal sri lanka thailand and timor leste timor leste yeah yes. it's a country so basically india has the capacity to stun the world in all scenarios right as in when it comes to scams <laughs> we are right up there right. when it comes to pulling off such a thing we are there oh yes we are like the pakistan cricket team <laughs> they can do anything yes <laughs> <laughs> very unpredictable speaking of which we lost to our neighbors sri lanka but it was a good match if you if you saw the t20 okay. finals i think yuvraj singh won't want to be reminded about that yeah man but i think it was their death bowling let's not get into cricket my friends yeah we'll have to do another yeah. 20 minutes on that and yes. you have to miss office in that case so thanks a lot for writing in for the people who have been asking us to be more regular Yes, yes we hope we, to <laughs> we hope to do that and as i said thanks a lot everyone on facebook thanks a lot to muskan goswami for writing in you made abhishek's day exactly we know someone someone out there listens there are a few people who listen so please write on indicast@theindicast.com our website is www.theindicast.com you will also find these episodes on itunes of course please hit the subscribe button so that episodes will get downloaded automatically on your computer whenever we release them log on to www.theindicast.com there is i am embarrassed to talk about the donation button so i am not going to do that not yet not yet let's But, earn it uh, yes absolutely uh, twitter accounts at indicast i am at ac mathre abhishek is at abhishek kumar so please follow us join us be active on our facebook pages and that's about it from me until next time